Welcome to Tabletop Dreadle's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 20 to 30 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of March 2nd, 2020, and runs for approximately 30 minutes. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Seat Yourself. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And despite my current cold and raspy voice, I want to welcome you back to another episode of our weekly podcast, all devoted to the world of hospitality tabletop. Thanks for joining us again. We're coming to you again from the great city of Baltimore here on America's East Coast and from the Tabletop Journal Studios right here at the edges of Baltimore's great Ken and Greektown neighborhoods. This week in industry news, we've got an industry leader who's announcing yet another great distribution partnership. And along with that, we've got some good news on our industry here in the U.S. from the Chicago-based National Restaurant Association with some key takeaways on that report from one of our industry's leading publications. And in product and company news this week, we continue to bring you updates and profiles from February's Ambiente show. That's a show which, in our opinion, will continue to develop into one of the Hureka industry's top events, despite all the challenges from this year's event. We've also got another great 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, and it's a timely conversation this week on the handling of the current coronavirus scare and what it means to supply chain conversations between suppliers and dealers. And that's all in our conversation with a very talented Shannon Talon. Shannon, of course, is the well-known category manager for tableware and buffetware at Chicago's Edward Don and Company. And then to close it all out this week, our commentary segment is about the developing the practice of stay interviews. We all know about exit interviews. And this week, I'll talk about another type of conversation that is, at least in certain ways, far more important. So buckle up. It will be a fast ride. So let's get this car into gear and head on down the road. And as we always do here at Seat Yourself, we start each episode off with our stat of the week. And this week's stat is 81%. That's the amount, 81%, of employees who believe that people are what makes a company navigate successfully through periods of change. All this is according to the 2020 Trust Outlook Report from the Trust Edge Leadership Institute. And in today's world, are there any companies They're not undergoing some sort of change. In many cases, that change is magnitudinal. And just so you understand the relevance of that 81% number, money came in second place with only 19% of employees saying that money was the positive difference maker when companies undertake change. So if companies are going to survive or even possibly thrive during times of change, they must create a culture that can handle the strain. And whether that change is internally driven or comes from external forces, Changes in organizations are always stressful. And people are what is most often making the difference when it comes to successfully navigating all that change. At least that's what 81% of employees believe. And that's our stat of the week, 81%. And in industry news this week, this past Friday afternoon, the announcement was made that Steelite International, the well-known leading supplier of tabletop and buffet solutions to the hospitality industry, has entered into another official distribution agreement with Magogo Buffet Solutions. 
Beginning April 1st of 2020, Steelite will distribute the innovative food and beverage furniture throughout the United States, Canadian, and Caribbean hospitality markets. This collaboration follows Steelite's exclusive agreement to distribute Magogo in the UK hospitality market, announced in June 2019. Magogo, of course, creates an exceptional line of products that can adapt to any event size or type, combining versatility and high design. At the heart of their design, however, is the search and implementation of new and diverse functionality within each and every one of the Magogo collections. And, according to the announcement, Magogo's design philosophy lines up with the core values of Steelite International, making this a perfect partnership. The innovative premium buffet stations and banquet furniture from Magogo will complement Steelite's existing tabletop, banquet, and buffet collections, offering the end user countless opportunities to elevate their food and beverage presentations. And according to Steelite International President and CEO John Miles, new innovative quality products are the lifeblood of Steelite International. I am so enthused and proud to welcome Magogo to our portfolio of creative products. Well said, John. This should be a continuation of the great partnership that these two companies started in the UK last year, and I want to wish the best of luck to both sides and everyone involved here. And in other industry news this past week, the National Restaurant Association has come out with its State of the Industry Report and its forecast for 2020. And I'm guessing much, if not all, of this report was completed before the current COVID-19 coronavirus scare. And while we all must know that our industry is being impacted, to what extent it remains to be seen, the overall growth percentages may eventually be tamped downward. And the, but the report from the NRA is still interesting as it tells of our industry being strong with forecast a growth of 4%, which was more than the growth in 2019. It's strong and growing stronger was the message, pre-virus, of course. And in reviewing the NRA's report, the publication Nation's Restaurant News put out five key takeaways. And the first is that operators are mostly optimistic. When surveyed, operators were mostly optimistic with 80% believing that business conditions for their restaurant were either excellent or good. All this with most operators thinking their business is healthier than it was two years ago. And that's especially true for quick service and fast casual restaurants as convenience becomes more of a top priority for today's consumers. And the second big takeaway, again, according to Nation's Restaurant News, the second big takeaway is that the NRA report shows that operators believe that labor is still the industry's biggest challenge. That challenge comes from both a labor availability standpoint and a rising wage level standpoint. And in a record, an era of record low unemployment and low inflation, should be no surprise that labor becomes a top challenge. And that's true on the supply side as well. We've said for a while now that attracting top talent and then the retention of that top talent is a key differentiator for supply chain companies and manufacturers alike going forward. In our commentary today, we address that key issue. Off-premise and delivery is the next key takeaway, with that avenue being a big growth driver and here to stay as a long-term trend rather than a passing fad. Good news for disposable suppliers of tabletop, perhaps, but also perhaps less good news for permanent wear folks. Another key takeaway, restaurants need to change to meet ever-evolving consumer needs. The need for operators to address issues like value and convenience, with loyalty programs being a great potential vehicle for that, now, those will drive traffic counts in the future, especially with younger consumers. And finally, technology and investing in technology is seen as an area of continued opportunity. As consumers continue to seek more frictionless experiences 
within the dining out arena. Having an optimistic dining out industry is important, obviously. So the numbers shown in the NRA's latest state of the industry report look good. The key takeaways from the nation's restaurant news team show definitely where dining out is headed in the U.S. But again, we have to believe all of this study was conducted and the takeaways being written through a pre-virus lens. So let's all hope and continue to hope that this optimism returns quickly to our industry, both here in the U.S. and around the world. And now in news on companies and products, at the recent Ambiante show, Miami-based tabletop leader front of the house was exhibiting there for the very first time. And they found that attendees to the increasingly Horeca-focused show definitely liked what they saw at the FOH booth. We were fortunate enough to sit down with Miami-based FOH and their VP of Sales, Matt Merkel, to learn the latest news from this innovative hospitality resource. Along with talking about new products and excitement about his company's strong start to 2020, Merkel was eager to elaborate on FOH's expansion in Europe and the unique culture of the FOH company. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we're excited. This is our first Ambiente at FOH, so a company founded by Simona Maida just 18 years ago in Miami. You know, and really, we're just proud and excited to be here. We're about creating this wow experience for our customers and for their customers. And there's a lot of excitement as we're bringing that now to Europe from what we've done in the U.S. and succeeding in Latin America at the same time as well. Uh, as I mentioned, this is our first showing here. Uh, it's also an introduction. We just are hiring a European team. So we're bringing on some new people that started this week, hired a new girl yesterday for the U.K., bringing on new reps. Um, and we've had just tremendous excitement. The booth, Dave, is... Uh, as you know, it was very busy for us today. Um, we're here, we're the small guys surrounded by all of uh, these industry behemoths, and, uh, but we think differently, and, uh, and we're seeing our customers appreciate it. You see it in our designs, you see it in our people, and really, it, it all stems from this great culture that was created. You know, what, I, what I love about this company is how Simona Maida didn't dictate anything. They've created this free environment that as principles, cares for people, we care for our customers, and, and it radiates in the culture. And what we've seen here today is it's resonating in the products that have been designed with the customers as they come through. So we're excited. The team's excited. Now, in addition to the European expansion, FOH has also just opened up a new product showroom in Atlanta. The Atlanta showroom is front of the house's 12th showroom. Currently, front of the house has showrooms located in Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Sacramento, Carrollton, Texas, Kansas City, Denver, Scottsdale, even Dublin in the UK. And in opening the new Atlanta location, FOH worked in partnership with Downing Management Group. That's their local sales team in that market. And according to front of the house CEO, Simone Mayer, she said, we are excited to finally announce the launch of our newest edition, the Atlanta Showroom. Atlanta is a very trend-forward city when it comes to food, fashion, and design, so it only makes sense for our newest showroom to be located here. We've had a long-standing partnership with the DMG family, and we look forward to see where this new venture takes us. The new showroom was kicked off last week with an opening reception, which included an exclusive meet-and-greet with celebrity chef Razia Sabor. Chef Raz, whose client list includes Tyler Perry Studios, WETV, HBO Films, and more, 
was mingling with guests while serving up some of her most notable recipes, including her famous shrimp and grits. And about to launch, FOH Marketing Director Dominique Morales had this to say. It was so exciting to have a solidified, a permanent home here in Atlanta, one of the coolest food scenes in the nation. Opening our showroom alongside Chef Roz was a perfect way to introduce our newest collections and to discuss all the innovative solutions to the local hospitality and food service market tonight. Well, it looks like 2020 is off to a very busy start and is shaping up to be another great year for the team in front of the house. And in another piece of company news this week, a little more from the Ambiente show held a few weeks ago in Frankfurt, Germany. Solex Flatware is one of those companies that just doesn't often get the love and attention it definitely should. But those who know Solex know that the company is a top quality German flatware and cutlery supplier. Founded 40 years ago, Solex has become one of the leading suppliers for hotel and restaurant industry cutlery in both stainless steel and silver plate, both in Germany and on the international market as well. Of course, they sell under the Solex brand name, but they make for other top quality, well-known brands as well. And at Ambiente, Solex was awarded its second German design award for its new Inca black flatware design. Here's what Horst Lichter, Solex's managing director, had to say that day. Horst, Solex has just won the 2020 German Design Award for your Inca Black Flatware. How, how, does, how meaningful is that to you and to the Solex brand? Dave, we have, we have two things coming together in 2020. First is the 40th anniversary of Solex. So we are, we are proud and we are glad to be since more than 40 years now um, a specialist for the Horeca business and, and Horeca partners in Germany and worldwide for, for more than 45 countries. And the German Design Award is already the second award what we, what we get. This year we had the last award in 2017 for Laura and now we won the Design Award for Inca in Black. Inca is our brand new line, which is um, designed uh, from, from Solex in-house, as we have the education, the knowledge and the, the, um, the workmanship how to, to produce flatware. And we are, we are proud to, 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 to get this award in 2020. And for those who know the family-run Solex company, they know that first class quality is at the top of the company's list of priorities. And this starts from creating and developing these initial cutlery models and continues with constant availability for replacements in years to come to guarantee great customer service and satisfaction across the board. And one of the main components of the Solex go-to-market philosophy is the personal contact and the steady customer service from their committed office staff. Solex also has a great network of international sales representatives and partners, such as the team at 10 Starbury Street for the U.S. market. But mostly, Solex is known as a company that brings a great quality product to market at a great price, and it's all supported with great overall service and enormous flexibility. The Solex company has a lean organization and has top modern logistics that grant quick delivery, and they always put the guests and the high demands of the hospitality sector right at the center of their attention. And among the regular customers that they have are hospitals and canteens, traditional restaurants and hotels throughout Germany, as well as five-star hotels and restaurants in Europe and around the globe as well. 
And for those who want to learn more about the Solex uh, company and its brand, you can go to their website. That's solex.de, S-O-L-E-X.de. And of course, U.S. customers can learn all about Solex from the team at 10 Strawberry Street, where they stock Solex flatware in the Denver Distribution Center. And finally, in company and product news, American Metalcraft continues to keep it colorful. At this Chicago area-based company, the way they see it, how you serve is just as important as what you're serving. That's why American Metalcraft products elevate food service in every form, restaurants, grocery stores, hotels, and catered events alike. And as one more example of their creative spirit for food presentation, American Metalcraft has given their new durable melamine Crave collection a good pop of color. With colors like Spirited Sage and Dreamy Dusk, the Crave color collection features dependable melamine construction and a vibrant appearance of speckles that they are sure that diners of all types are going to love. To see the difference that incredible presentation can make, American Metalcraft believes that you need to look at the little things. So whether you're thinking barware or buffetware, the company look, looks to work with you to find opportunities to incorporate unique details, exceptional functionality, and on-trend designs, all to improve the presentation and the guest experience. And in their newest catalog that's just out, American Metalcraft wants you to discover their latest creative tabletop accessories, innovative kitchen supplies, and every other tool you need to craft an incredible dining experience. So whether you're a first-time browser or a long-time customer, American Metalcraft feels sure you'll find inspiration in their new 2020 collection. And remember, they believe that behind every great meal is a great presentation. And for more information on American Metalcraft, please visit their website, amnow.com. Now, 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Donnan Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon discusses how vendors should be handling the coronavirus. We're back again, everybody, with Shannon Talon from the Edward Don and Company. Of course, by now you know that Shannon is a very talented, very vivacious, very lovely category buyer for tabletop and buffetware at Edward Don. And Shannon, not long ago, it seems like we were talking about tariffs. Tariffs were changing weekly and the whole situation was very fluid. And we were wondering how vendors were dealing with all those frequent changes, whatever. Now it's all about virus coronavirus. How is your company handling vendors that are affected by the coronavirus? And if I'm a vendor to Edward Don and Company, whether my products, whether it's my products in total or components of my products, if they're made in that part of the world or any part of the world really that's going to, that's affected by the virus, how should I be dealing with you? And how would you prefer vendors deal with Edward Don when it comes to the current situation of the coronavirus? Yeah, boy, it's been a wild ride between tariffs and the coronavirus, hasn't it? So what vendors should be doing if if they aren't already, you know, they really shouldn't be taking a wait and see approach, no matter what, you know, might be shared in the media or what have you. They really need to be staying on their factories, you know, almost by the hour (laughs) to understand what is going on, what developments are going on at their factories. And they have to be contingency planning. If they are not in the process of contingency planning now, you know, the vendor community is is behind behind the eight ball because there are a variety of suppliers and manufacturers who early on identified that this could be an issue coming down the pipeline, so to speak. And they started looking at alternate sources of supply, an allocation plan, 
figuring out how they, if they, if there are shortages in supply, how they're going to prioritize customers, whether that is distributors or end users and operators. So suppliers and manufacturers have to be coming up with a plan B. It is not good enough to just, you know, again, take that wait and see approach. What we're doing as an organization is making sure we are communicating with our vendors daily and pushing them for a very granular level of detail on their supply and their factories so that we can provide regular updates to our customers and to our sales force. So we're staying very close to it because our customers are asking our sales reps, you know, who are our conduit to uh, to the customers, they are asking. You can't avoid it in the news or on social media. And so, you know, it's really critical that, that there are backup plans that people are working on and information sharing and communicating up front. I've said before, I think on the podcast that no one wants to deliver bad news, but I'd rather you just give me the bad news straight rather than try to uh, dress it up and make it sound like things are under control. So communication's key here and backup plans for sure. Yeah, I would think, and in, in, uh, as we talked about it over the tariffs, I think transparency, complete transparency, whether you, and if you don't know, just say, we don't know, but here's our best guess kind of thing at this point. And, and, and everybody understands that it's a fluid situation. It changes daily, hourly, whatever. And, but transparent, as long as you're being transparent, communicating a lot, that's the best sometimes you can do. Absolutely. Now here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about stay interviews and how they can help in the growth of a company. Hi, everybody. In today's commentary, I want to talk about stay interviews. Now, for anyone not familiar with that term, stay interviews are similar to exit interviews, but they're done for the purposes of employee retention and improved employee engagement, rather than simply learning why an employee is left after they've already made the decision to do so. Now, in the past, we've discussed many times about how important talent is right now and going forward as a premier differentiator for successful companies. So, certainly retaining an organization's best and brightest must be of top importance to keep an organization on a winning trajectory. But another reason for conducting stay interviews is to ignite a higher level of engagement in all employees, not just those earmarked as top performers. Getting better individual performances and creating more satisfied employees at all levels is one of the keys to creating an overall winning culture in companies both big and small. So what are some of the key points when considering doing stay interviews? Well, to start with, ideally, stay interviews are conducted away from regular performance reviews and are done in a one-on-one format. By keeping the stay interviews separate from annual performance reviews, this highlights the importance of the discussion, and it also allows for a focus on what leaders can do to help their employees improve their engagement levels and be more satisfied in their roles within the organization. Secondly, According to the Society of Human Resource Management, stay interviews should be conducted by the person's team leader and not by someone from an organization's human resource department. The best outcomes of a stay interview happen when the interview is conducted by the team leader so that that team leader can hear directly from their employee on how they wish to be managed, both for better engagement and for better retention. So team leaders, you shouldn't be let off the hook in your organization by saying, I'm too busy. Knowing your employees' issues and prime motivators needs to be a key priority for good team leaders. Next, when it comes to scheduling, team leaders should schedule out in advance, allowing employees to understand the reasons for the meeting 
and to allow them time to consider their thoughts as well. And also when scheduling and planning stay interviews, keep the meeting short, 20 to 30 minutes in length, that should be fine. Remembering that the primary goal is a better understanding of what the leaders can do for their employees. And when it comes to the actual meetings, let the questions be conversational and focused on the overall goal of the stay interview. And don't send out questions in advance. Sending the questions in advance to the employees can sometimes limit the discussion and give the impression of being less personal and more perfunctory. And also, make sure the stay interviews get started off on the right foot so that the employee understands both that this isn't just another performance review and that there is no implied contract for future employment. Make sure it's clear that this is all about what the leader and the company can do to better motivate and challenge the employee to higher levels of growth and satisfaction with their job. And when it comes to stay interview follow-ups, during the interviews, team leaders should take notes on the discussion and allowing them to translate the feedback that they receive into everyday actions and, and also solutions to issues that may have been preventing the employee's growth and engagement previously. These everyday actions, they should open the doors to letting the employee understand that the organization and the team leader cares for them in their development, making them more likely not only to stay longer with the organization, but to also come to their supervisor with any concerns before they resort to looking for somewhere else to work. Remember, the overall goals of stay interviews are to increase the level of engagement and consequently the overall job satisfaction of the employee and to increase the level of an organization's employee retention, certainly for an organization's best and brightest, but also for those mid-level performers who may have more potential to grow. All of this, of course, pointing to reducing the level of turnover and creating an overall culture of caring and increased levels of engagement and performance. And if conducted properly and regularly, stay interviews have the opportunity to provide team leaders with direct feedback from their employees about what motivates them most. And stay interviews let employees know that their leaders care and want them to stay and grow with the company. Another added benefit of stay interviews is that it lets leaders know that when it comes to retention of talent and increased employee growth and engagement, it's a major part of that leader's responsibilities. And as stay interviews become a regular part of a company's culture, employees know that part of the responsibility for their job satisfaction lies with them. So it's not just the company's responsibility. The employee carries a portion of the burden to let their team leader know what motivates them and what they're looking for and what kind of growth they're seeking for the company. And finally, there's the issue of trust. We continue to talk a lot about the importance of trust in organizations. And regularly scheduled stay interviews help build the levels of trust between employees and their leaders, all leading to increasing levels of trust throughout an organization's culture. Caring, honest communication and listening, increased job satisfaction, all leading to higher levels of engagement and increased talent retention. Stay interviews. They're one of the keys to good leadership. I'm Dave Turner, and I'll see you next time. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself. And as always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talent, for joining us today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. 
And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent tabletop advisor. You can download it from their website, www.don.com. Just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publications section. We'll see you next time, but always remember, Tabletop Matters. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.